Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. I'm your host, Ashley, and um, yeah, I'm happy to be back here with you guys. I know we are not dropping episodes as often as usual, but I appreciate y'all for for stopping by and listening to another episode. I've got a great guest today. Um, I've been super excited to bring her on the pod. It's been, it's been a little time coming. We connected a while back, but... Um, you know, the connections happen when they're supposed to. So I'm really excited to have Rebecca Nunez on the pod today. Yes. Welcome thank, to the pod. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Thank you for, for, you know, spending a little time on your Sunday with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I will tell y'all a little bit about Rebecca. I'll, well, I'll tell y'all how I found, how I found her. So I... Y'all know I'm all about wellness, whether it's like mental wellness, physical wellness, and I follow tons and tons of pages on Instagram. I like read tons of articles, and and I don't remember the other girl's page, but I followed her page, and she she was like a she lifts and like does a lot of like the technical, like how do you lift for your body, and and um, I asked her for like some advice. Maybe I was trying to like go sign up for a program or something, and she's like, oh, actually you need to hit up Rebecca. And I was like, well, who is Rebecca? Oh, yes, because I think he spoke to Nicole. I think yes, 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 yes. So I was like, okay, Rebecca. And I think, I want to say you were a fashion dancer at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I was like, well, love the name, first off. And um, yeah, I've been following your page ever since. Um, I was originally landed on your page for like stretching and things like that. And then it's kind of just flourished into something far more than just stretching. So I'm excited to um, introduce you to everybody and also like make make the connection between like mind body um, and have you kind of like dig into that. But before I before I jump into that, let me tell you all a little bit about Rebecca. So she is the owner of Trust Your Body. Um, she's been a body worker for five years, um, a dancer for 27 and a coach for three um, she is also a fur, she has a fur baby. His name is Artemis. Um, and she is an overall lover of the body. So I'm super excited to have you here. But before we get into the good stuff, I, we're going to start off with, uh, we're going to start off with Fast and Curious. And for all you guys out there that may, you know, maybe this is your first episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety too. Mm-hmm. This is where we break the ice a little bit, and I just ask people random questions, and I, I'm doing it for three minutes, so it won't be too long. Sometimes it turns <laughs> into six, depending on if you have a story. Yeah. But I'm just going to ask you a bunch of random questions, and you give me the first thing that comes to mind. Awesome. I'm here. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. What is your favorite time of the day? I would say between the hours of 430 and 8 a.m. It's super quiet, just really time to either think or exercise or meditate or I just really love that time. And it's like when I don't get up between that time, I feel like I miss it. I miss out on so much of the day, even though there's so much left. But that time is my favorite. Oh, I love that. Um, What is your favorite movie? Troy. Troy, what is that? Troy, it's the story of like the Trojan horse. And I believe, oh. yeah, I think it's Greek mythology. I'm obsessed with Greek mythology. That's why Artemis has his name. Uh, so it makes sense. That movie <laughs> with Brad Pitt, I, I just love, I just love that movie. So, yeah. Okay. I might have to circle back to that movie. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, if you could take a trip anywhere full, like, getting getting flown first class um you can pick anywhere in the world and you get like a free trip for a week 
and you could take one person with you. Where are you going and who are you taking? Hmm. I would probably be going to Ghana because I went uh, some years ago, back in 2016, and I'd probably bring my man. Oh, I, I love that. He's been to Africa, but not that part of Africa. So yeah, experience that together. Oh, yeah. That's what. What would be the first thing that you would take him to do? Hmm. Take him to do. I mean, we definitely gotta go and just check out Accra, the capital, and just mm -hmm. travel around. Go to like some of like what they would consider like the resorts and like the beachfront like bars and go to the markets just get in like the central town where like everything is just everywhere so there really isn't yeah. one thing to do it's like all the things to do oh i love that take pictures when you go because i'm trying to get there too <laughs> it's amazing it's really amazing i can't wait to that's what everybody keeps telling me and i have got to get there i don't know when i'm gonna get there but one of these days yes for sure <laughs> for sure um, what is something that you learned when you were little that you still like take with you to this day? Hmm. I feel like my dad has always been a man of like, you know, the, the sayings. And I feel like, I feel like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, mm -hmm. it, like the, yeah. the little sayings and, mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh, like 50 of them are going through my mind right now. So it's like, choose one. <laughs> but like. If anything, there was one that I feel like I've rewritten as an adult. And one of the ones he used to say is like, good things happen to people who are good. Bad things happen to people who are bad. But I've like rewritten that one in a sense because I feel like it ties into the, the societal manipulation of good and bad and just that positioning in our mind. So it's just like, good things happen to people who are intentional and Ooh. there really isn't any bad things because bad is based on a story you've told yourself about Ooh. the situation so yeah okay elevated that i like that <laughs> Got excited. come on now okay saying is gonna keep going all right 2023 sayings i like that good things happen to people who are intentional okay yes <laughs> I love that. Um, who was your like best friend going growing up? Uh, she's still my best friend, uh, Rodanelli. Oh, uh, she has been my best friend since seventh grade. That's when I met her, and Aww. we've done everything together, like school together. We she, we went to Ghana together. We've done internships together. We've pulled together, like. She's like my ride or die through everything. So it's great. Oh, I love that. Shout out to her. Yes. Um, what is, uh, like when you wake up in the morning, what is one thing that you wish you did every day that you don't right now? Mm. Or is there anything? You know, I've really, I've really, the la it's funny you ask that question because the last two weeks I've really been super intentional about my morning routine because I feel the impact of it when I let it be wish-washy. Um, so, like, just just remaining consistent on that, I guess. Like, you know, not... And I don't like to use the words falling off because it gives you the, the mental track that you need to, like, restart or start anew when it's just, like, no, pick up where you left off. Words, I'm, I'm so harped up on words and what they actually mean to us, both consciously and subconsciously. So, I mean, if there's anything that maybe, I would say consistency, maybe just having a consistent time that I work out in the morning. Because mm. I let that move around a bit. Um, but I would love to just be like done with my workout every single day at like 6.30 a.m. Like done at that uh, time. That's yeah. the deal. That's impressive. 6.30 a.m. I'm not a morning person. But I <laughs> salute morning people. My brain works best at like 10, 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Gotcha. And my body works best at about 7. Okay. So like that is prime Ashley like efficiency gotcha there are certain but, there's like archetypes of people who are like mm -hmm. better in the morning afternoon and night and that's cool gotta rock yeah. out with whatever works for you exactly exactly that's great that you've been that you've had a morning routine that you've been intentional about yeah. the past couple of weeks yeah can i can you kind of like run us through what that sure. is um so morning routine i'll wake up and immediately like go into prayer and just like what i'm grateful for uh, all the things, my home, my life, the people in it, 
uh, my body, everything. So go into prayer. Then I'll do this lymphatic uh, technique called an umbrella reset, which basically I'm just stimulating all the lymphatic channels in my face, in my chest, and in my abdomen just to start off my circulation for the day. Then I'll go and I'll use this other technique. It's like this small ball, but I'll melt my hands and my feet just to kind of like wake those up as well and stimulate them. And then I'll pray a little bit more, but I'll pull cards and just see what messages that the divine has for me. And then once I get through all that, I'm like, all right, now I'm ready to go. And that sounds like super extensive, but realistically, it's like 10 minutes. Like the yeah. whole thing. It's like all 10 minutes. Oh, I love that. No, that's awesome. That's a good routine. I'm inspired. <laughs> Listen, it's taking time to curate. Listen, so, and that's the thing too about, I, I, I don't, and I, it's my fault because I use the word, I don't like the word routine because mm. it when you fall off of your routine, it makes you feel like, all right, starting fresh, starting from ground zero. I like right. to use the word system because systems are constantly updated. And it doesn't feel like you need to restart the system. You just need to update the system. So it's like my morning system is like my system for self-care. Like, do I get every single thing in every single day? Like, I didn't melt my feet today. I didn't melt my hands and my feet, but I pretty much did everything else. So I still have my system. And when it feels like when you use the word system, I'm like, I can implement that at any point it's not that okay tomorrow i have to start it all over no i could like do it once we're done recording and that's it right you know i love that so yeah can you can you tell me a little bit more about like melting your feet like what is that so it's a man i wish i had the ball near me artemis usually steals them and like (laughs) (laughs) but um it's a small it's like the size of a golf ball but it's Mm -hmm. the it's very it's a very soft ball and the um, material that it's made from and it's the level of softness that it has it's specifically made to influence your fascia in your feet and just to create a better circulation and fluid exchange throughout the foot and throughout your entire body so I press the ball on different points of my foot I do different like Uh, rubbing the ball in different ways and maneuvers on my foot and you feel the sensation like literally all the way up to the back of your neck like it makes that much of a difference doing those small innovations and I'll do it on my hands as well so it's I'm literally doing a whole body intervention just from doing my hands and my feet but it makes perfect sense because developmentally in utero these are one of the first structures formed so they're going to be one of the most highly innervated structures on your body. So if you impact the things that are highly innovated and developed early on, you're impacting your whole body as opposed to just positioning or just like focusing on like my back hurts. So you just all up in the back, but it's just like, what about the things that are connected to it? Because those matter too. So. Ooh, I love that. Okay, we're gonna have to have you back so you can walk us through some. <laughs> Go into things. that a little more. <laughs> yes, I like. I'm serious. I do something. Um, I don't know if I don't think I'm doing that, but I have like yeah. an acupressure ball. Okay. One in my room and one in my office, and so like sometimes I will I'll stand and work okay. and kind of like roll my feet yes. around. Yes. Um. But I feel like what what the ball that you're using, like I got, I might need to add that to the Amazon cart. Oh yes. Um. It's, it's a game. It's a game changer like like yeah. i can't even I, don't know, I feel like it needs its own podcast episode but like the, the technique yeah. is called melt method the melt method like anyone could look that up um okay. look into it uh i'm a level one melt method instructor i got certified during the pandemic so it's something that like i teach to people is something i implement with my clients uh, when i feel like that technique is necessary so yeah it's a game changer and just the whole t- the whole ideology behind it is for a is to allow you to become your own body worker. You mm-hmm. do things for your own body as opposed to fully relying on external forces, which I feel like is super important for you to be able to trust your body, just having ownership and autonomy over your being. Yeah. So. Ooh, I love that. Okay, we got to bring you back. That. <laughs> We're doing a whole melt episode. <laughs> I'm so sure. down. You gotta you gotta ask Sue to come on here, the owner. Sue Sue is okay. She's a Hook me up. Yes. Put, put us in touch. I'm down. <laughs> um, I know we are far past our fast and curious uh, three minute segment, but I have one last question for you. Sure. Um, 
I want you to envision your favorite meal, uh, maybe at your favorite restaurant or, you know, if, if uh, your mom makes it or auntie makes it, whoever. Mm-hmm. You're at your favorite place to eat and there's five empty seats. And you can invite anybody to come join you for this meal. Mm-hmm. And they could be dead, alive. They could be fictional. Um, anybody of your cho- choice. Which five people are you choosing? Hmm. This is a good one. Um, all right, so I have five seats. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can pick the meal. If you want to share the meal with us, you can You can tell us, like, what... What meal you want to eat? Okay, so I love I love Mexican food like me too. Taco me, burrito me, quesadilla me like oh yes. So Mexican food and marks, you know. Okay, I love that. Frozen or or uh, on the rocks? On the rocks, I'll do it on the rocks. The brain freeze. Okay. I don't know. Once I turn twenty five, it's like that. The the ice drinks. It's it's too much. For really? So yeah. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's only a certain amount that I could take. After a while, I'm like, guys, right, it's a little too cold, guys. <laughs> I'm freezing now. I need to sweat. But um. So yeah. So let's do Mexican and Marks. Um, who would I invite? I would definitely invite like my dude, my partner, just to be there and have the experience with me. So that would be one. Second thing, second person I would invite. Um, I would definitely want to have um, Aileen, Mc- Aileen McCusick. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. She is a pioneer in the energy balancing space. So I'd love to have her there. Um, I would also like. This is a very hard question, by the way, because I'm like, Damn. I know. <laughs> like, I love to ask this question because I think it really makes you think about, like, okay, who who would be in these conversations? Yeah, you know, how do you balance that 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 conversation with different types of people and yeah, and you I'm know, thinking, topics. Like, what categories? what I want to discuss. So that dictates the type of people. So like Eileen would be the person who's like spiritual, the mixture of like science and spirituality. She'd be that person. So I'd have her there. Um, I would want someone in like the world of definitely just like financial literacy, business, like that. Um, And there are a couple of people that come to mind but is like it, it. I would I would say Alex Hormozy. I would want Alex okay. Hormozy there. Um, I've never heard of him. No. Oh, girl. Okay. No. Alex Hormozy is like the guy with like entrepreneurship. I've read his book Hundred Million Dollar Offers. He's coming out with the second one um, okay. next month. But Alex Hormozy. Yes, he is like super successful. So that would definitely be the business aspect of things. Okay. Um, I would also want someone in the realm of like just because these two people that I've mentioned are white. So I want someone in the realm of black culture as well. It's just a matter of what am I trying to absorb from them? And I would feel like I would kind of want to go ancestral in a sense Mm -hmm. because I know some of the modern people are a little too much, but like especially like I would want to go to like like Cleopatra, like mm. a, a woman who was a leader who like mm. le- like I would want someone like that. Mm-hmm. Have one more seat, right? Oh my god! Yep, <sighs> we got we got your your man Alex Hermosi, Eileen, Cleopatra, Cleopatra. Yep, you got one seat left. I got one seat. One seat. One seat for for uh, Mexican and Mark's night. <laughs> <laughs> one more seat at the table. Who would that be? Hmm. And this could be anybody. It could be somebody that you've always wanted to meet. It could be somebody that maybe has passed. It could be somebody from a book that you've read that's or from from a show that's not real. I would love for it to be like my first ancestor that came from Africa over uh, through like the ships and all that. I would love for it to be them. Wow. Whoever that is or that family or whatever. And and 
whoever that is, because I come from, like, my mother's side is through, um, like, Europe, and, like, they survived the Holocaust, and then, like, on my father's side, it was, like, they survived slavery, so it's, like, I would would want one of them, like, one of those people to just, because I feel like in this day and age, we're so caught up in so much stuff that really doesn't matter, and I feel like Mm. they are, it's, like, survival, so it's just, like, what are the, what are the values that, like, you held like you know before being like taken and then like what got you through like how did you continue to thrive so I can be here because if you are a black person in 2023 like you have warrior blood in you and you need to realize Mm -hmm. that and tap back into that ancestral line to recognize power so yeah yeah Oh, I love that. That's a great, I know. That's always like a tough question. I think it always catches people off guard, but it's just really, I love hearing all the the variation of, I've gotten so many different answers um, Mm -hmm. and there's been so many different tables. One day I would love to do like a little cartoon of like a collage of all these different tables that have been created because they're so interesting and like, it's interesting what, what Matt, like I've had people that are, have tables of all musicians. I have people that it's like their tables are their ancestors and then like they throw Whitney Houston in there and I'm like okay that's okay. cool we could, we could do that too yeah. um but yeah it's really 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 interesting to hear you know how that table comes together for every different you know each person that comes on the pod so yeah thank you for playing fast and curious with me thank you that was fun that was really fun <laughs> We're going to hop into our mind game segment. So mind games is where we do a little trivia, um, little mental health trivia. And if you've been listening to the pod for a while, you know, I usually give you the question at the beginning of the podcast and then we come back and I give you the answer at the end. I'm just going to bet that y'all are going to stick along to the end either way. And I'm going to give you the question and answer all at once. Um, so this particular, and Rebecca, you feel free to take a guess or you don't have to, it's your choice, but okay. I'm going to read the description of a disorder. And then for everybody that's listening, I'll give you a, you know, a few seconds to try to guess. Or you can hop on Dr. Google and cheat if you want to, <laughs> if that's your vibe. <laughs> um, and then I'll give you the answer and, and a little background. So um, today, today's question is going to be a mental health disorder. Um, here's the description. All right. This particular disorder is diagnosed when a person has a significant focus on physical symptoms, such as pain, weakness, or shortness of breath to a level that results in major distress and problems functioning. Uh, the person has excessive thoughts, feelings, and behaviors relating to the physical symptoms and the physical symptoms may or may not be associated with a diagnosed medical condition, but the person is experiencing symptoms and believes they are sick and they're not faking the illness. Um, this particular diagnosis, uh, occurs when like one or more physical symptoms that are distressing or cause disruption in their daily life, uh, causes excessive thoughts, feelings, or behaviors, um, that include at least one of the following. So it could be ongoing thoughts that are out of proportion with the seriousness of symptoms. It could be ongoing high level anxiety about the health or symptoms, uh, and it could be excessive time or energy spent on the symptoms or health concerns. Uh, at least one symptom is constantly present, although there may be different symptoms that come and go. So while you guys take a take a second to think about this, I just want to give you all a little reminder to make sure you're following Black Girls Have Anxiety too on Instagram and TikTok and threads. I'm not on Twitter anymore, y'all. I just gave up on Twitter and Elon can have it. I don't want it. I'm over on threads. I would be on Spill too, but your girl is a, you know, I have an Android and it'll probably be 2025 before we get Spill. So um, <laughs> make sure you guys are following Black Girls Have Anxiety too. You got to spell the whole thing out. Um, yeah. Keep up with us on uh, on IG and all the, all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Now that y'all have had a few seconds, Rebecca, you want to take a guess? You know, I don't, as you were saying it, um, there's a lot of things that came to mind. Not necessarily diagnosis, just comments on that whole, the the whole thing. But I don't know if this is considered a mental health condition, but like it was hypochondriac, but I don't know if that's an acute 
like scenario. So yes. Yeah. So and I I haven't done a ton of content on hypochondria, but it is it has some similarities. It's, the answer is not hypochondria, but it okay. definitely has some some similarities. I think the difference here is that there there are physical conditions present. Mm-hmm. They're just I don't want to say over exaggerating because that's diminishing. That's the easiest way I can explain it, though. But in this way, it seems like it is just overthinking about those particular symptoms that actually are present or they're just reacting out of proportion Mm -hmm. to the seriousness. So the the name of this disorder is somatic symptom disorder. Now, I have never heard of this until Mm -hmm. I did some deep diving for this episode Um, so I thought this was pretty interesting. It's not something that we talk about very often in terms of like mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the treatments for uh, somatic symptom disorder, um, well, the treatment for somatic symptom disorder is intended to help control symptoms and allow the person to function as normally as possible. Um, it usually involves a person having regular visits with a doctor or healthcare professional, um, where the doctor can offer support reassurance monitor health systems uh health systems so you got the word symptom systems in my head now (laughs) monitor health and symptoms um and avoid unnecessary tests and treatments uh talk therapy or psychotherapy can also help the individual change their thinking and behavior learn new ways to cope and deal with stress and overall improve functioning in certain scenarios they will prescribe antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications um if there's a if that person is experiencing a significant amount of uh, depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. So related disorders, which um, like you mentioned, Rebecca, one of the related disorders to this, to somatic symptom disorder is illness, anxiety disorder, which was also, it was previously hypochondria or hypochondriasis. So names are always changing in mental health. It's hard to keep up with. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a mental health professional, so it's even harder for me to keep up with. (laughs) But other related disorders are conversion disorder, um, where the person, uh, the symptoms, the person, uh, the symptoms affect a person's perception, sensation, or movement with no evidence of physical cause. That one's really interesting. Um, And then factitious disorder is like people producing or like faking physical or mental illness when they're not really sick. Um, so yeah, I will make sure to add these all to the description, but definitely interesting, uh, disorders. And one, one reason that I kind of dove into this one is because of the, of the word somatic, which is a word we were going to, we're going to bring up a lot today. Yeah. So, um, thank y'all for hanging out with me for that segment. We're going to, I want to go into like somatic and can you kind of explain what somatic means, like what that word means in general, and then what it means to you? Sure. So somatic basically means allowing someone to basically get out of their head and back into their body, experience the sensations of their body, and feel safe while experiencing those symptoms, uh, uh, sensations in their body. Um, what it means to me is the same definition because I feel like that is I don't want to say my definition is best but I feel like there it's like how you said in mental health like things are always changing and things are always changing so it's just like oh it's more like this or it's more like that and it's just like no the body's actually very simple we overcomplicate things and um when you're mentioning like the, the the condition and like the changing of the names and the correlations to this condition and that condition I feel like we as a society, especially in America, we are over-diagnosing people. And instead of empowering people to actually heal and recover and feel whole within their being, we're over-diagnosing them and then they are taking on these diagnoses as labels. And that's why I'm so zeroed in on about words because words have conscious and subconscious connotations to them and we begin to formulate and tell ourselves stories about ourselves about our experiences that we have in our life based on the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves because of the labels that we place on ourselves so 
I'm kind of in a a eyebrow raising place mm -hmm. right now with the mental health world because I, I okay I, rock the boat rock yeah, the boat I, I have a, <laughs> who rocked the boat for me personally was I'm reading the book the body keeps score and yes they talked about that and they talked about this exactly what I'm talking about how giving someone this label this diagnosis this identifier it doesn't do much for them it's yeah. like you tell them you have two arms. They didn't yeah. know before. Okay, now I have to, I'm a two so now I'm a two arm person. I'm a two arm person. I'm a two arm yeah. person. Okay, okay. But then but you don't really guide them on what is life as a two arm person because they thought life they were existing in life as one, a one arm person, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't think they really empower people to actually heal. I think we're over diagnosing, we're over medicating. Um, and I just feel like the, 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 the whole system in itself, uh, it deals with everything. It deals with the human body in a chemical and a mechanical way when we yeah. are electrical. We are electrical beings. Every interaction, even us moving our head, blinking, it's all, it's all an electrical reaction that is happening. So if we dealt with electricity in the way that it's supposed to be dealt with, with energy, with electricity, would we need to have all these diagnoses? Would we need all these medications? Like, would Or if we just focused on the body as the one whole connected unit that it is and really focus on the functionality of it and allowing ourselves and actually educating people on how to read the body, become aware of the cues, the signs, and the signals, and know how to adequately interpret them, how to adequately describe them to people. Because another thing, people don't have the verbiage to actually describe what they are experiencing in yeah. their body a lot of the times. They just categorize it as pain or yeah. hurt or, you know, like things like that. Mm -hmm. But it, But if you were to instead say, I have a dull ache burning sensation in my low back whenever I go and I turn to the right. That's a very different description than my low back hurts. Yeah. Changes everything. Yes, 100%. I, I only started describing things that way when I went, when I started seeing a chiropractor. Okay. Because when I went to the hospital or you go to a doctor and they're like, are you in pain? Yep. Yes. Do you want something for it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, but can we do anything else? And so when I started like exploring chiropractors, um, that was like the questions that I got. What type of pain is it? How does yes. it feel? Does it feel like something's stabbing you? Does it yes. feel like, is it annoying pain? Is it a stinging pain? Is it, you know, does it hurt when you turn to the right? Does it hurt when you bend over, when you're laying down, after yes. you do these certain things? So it just made me made me think about like be more aware. I think be, I grew up an athlete, so it was very much like, I'm in my body all the time. So I have to think about like, okay, how, how, how does this pain feel? But going to a chiropractor, like took it to the next level because yeah. those are the questions that they're asking. Mm -hmm. um, I know for you, you have been an athlete and a dancer all your life. Mm -hmm. And how is your relationship with your body uh, and movement changed like throughout that course? That is an awesome question. So relationship with the body uh, and I love that you called it that because that's exactly what it is. And I feel like people would need to, and that's the, that's the most important relationship. So it, yeah. I feel like if that relationship isn't a constant goal or priority, then all hell falls to the wayside. And that's for me as well. Um, yeah. My relationship with my body right now is, I feel like my body feels like I respect it. I am thankful for it. It shows up for me. Um, I know when I push it a little too far. I know when I could bring it up a little bit. And I feel like we we have a good communication with each other. And yeah, we I would say we respect each other 100%. Yeah. Um, throughout the years, it definitely didn't look like that. I feel like now at 30 years old, I'm finally really getting a handle on that. Especially, you know, when I, when I was growing up, I... I I've always been a shapely person. I've always had a, a shape my entire yeah. life. Like I learned, yeah. I learned in the eighth grade what a fat ass was. So I was like, oh. not eighth grade, excuse me, at eight years old. So that's oh wow, when they told me I had one, and I was like, wait, huh? But all I heard oh, was my. fat. All I heard was fat. Oh, I was yeah. all fat. So whatever. But yeah. 
And that's a whole nother like restructuring of like society putting exactly. negative connotations on that on the word fat. And then yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like growing up and going through that time, like in those days the the mainstream media who was popular was like Ciara and like Aaliyah and like mm-hmm. that. So that and those bodies are what was in and what was the standard. So I hated my body because I was not, it was not giving Aaliyah. It was giving Megan from birth. Yeah. So it's like I- Megan before Megan. Megan before Megan. I'm the OG. Yeah. I'm Rebecca. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but over time and now we're in this place where now people are like buying my body type. So it's mm-hmm. almost like, okay, I had to completely like scrap that image of myself saying that I was too big, I was too much. Now my body is all the way in. So I feel like I had to like catch up in a sense mm-hmm. and to like tell myself it's like almost okay to like be mm-hmm. this shape, to have this shape and like be confident with that shape. Um, because I feel like with the relationship with your body, it's mental, it's physical, it's emotional, it's spiritual, and it's all those different realms. So I've really been super invested into all of those realms with myself and just really making sure we're good in all those areas. Because if we overdo it in one and don't create balance across them, then things start to happen. You start to have symptoms of different things. Yeah. So that's mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual. And it's just really yeah. knowing all right, what area do I need to dive into a little bit more in order to bring myself back to my center and wholeness? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's a, I think it's a journey with our bodies, especially yeah. like I'm 33, so I was in that same era of like seeing bodies. No, none of them, to this day, none of them really look like me. Yes. Um, <laughs> in terms of like, I'm just super tall and I've gone through like being tall and super skinny and didn't realize I was super skinny and then tall and extra juicy and thick, like COVID, you know, <laughs> COVID, COVID gave me all the booty that I didn't realize that I, you know, mm-hmm. needed and then that I wanted. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to carry this. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. I don't know how to um, carry this. Yeah. How do I move with confidence through this world when everyone is looking at me? Yes. So that was a whole thing. And, and that's actually what spurred me into, I always wanted to try pole okay um and for those of y'all that are like pole what the hell is she talking about so um pole is basically um pole pole dancing yes um when you're doing it for fun as opposed to like doing it for for money or for a job and uh you're doing it like in a dance studio and that's kind of what like what i'd always like admired people that that do pole and like followed all these pages and I always think it's an art I've been at strip clubs and I've been like wow this is this is amazing what y'all are doing so um 2020 I like with my mask and everything and like limit of like four people to the room I started doing pole and it it is it was the singular thing I think in my life that like spurred me into really feeling like feeling my body in a very different way yes that made me have to like okay i can control like how i move and then i have to like look at myself and i can i can move how i like and i can like start to i don't know how to explain it but it's like you feel in your body yes and i've seen my body change and fluctuate in those past three years and it's just still like a very um I think you mentioned divine feminine earlier Mm -hmm. and that it just makes, it makes me feel divine no matter like what shape I'm in. It's just like a very empowering feeling. And so I want, I know that um, you also poll. I want to talk a little bit about like how that has like how like you, cause I know you're dancing before. So how did you get into pole and like, what has it done for you mm-hmm. in terms of like your, even your mental health, but also your physical health? Yeah. So, you know, I, I had always been dancing like as a kid, but when I had graduated from high school and I started college, like my goal at that time was to go to medical school. So I was like, okay, I have to get really serious. So I actually stopped dancing for eight years. And throughout that time, I became the heaviest I ever was, like 40 pounds, my entire body hurt. I couldn't even like bend over and be like touching my shoe, like 
tying my shoes and everything. Like, it was really crazy. Um, injured my back. Saw a chiropractor. They told me I should never squat again. Um, Same. Yeah. And, and I was, like, in my early 20s at the time. And I was, like, oh, my gosh, this is what they're talking about, about getting old and all this stuff. So my best friend... We had been, we took a couple of pole classes, but we wanted it to be something more consistent. So we found this studio in the city called Body and Pole, and immediately we signed up for their Weekend Warrior membership without ever having taken a class there. We just signed up and we're like, we're about this life, we're gonna do this. So being a Weekend Warrior, you can take unlimited classes on Saturday and Sundays. So we would be taking like six classes a day, yeah. both days. So man, that's awesome. It sounds cool, but like I don't even know. I take one class now, and I'm like, how did I survive like five, <laughs> six, two days in a row at that? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So that at that point, that was like 2019. That was I had been back into exercise and things, but I never really felt fully back and into and connected with my body because. I kind of had like a funeral in my mind that the dancer Rebecca had died. Like that was something that was in the past. But once I'd had discovered pole, it reignited that because immediately people were like, oh, you dance, you know how to dance. Like yeah. immediately coming to me, picking it up, all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, back in the day, but I never, I never brought it to the forefront. So pole really was that rebirth in a sense. Um, so that was like fashion that inco that incorporates like fashion dancer as well back when um I had that identifier and it reignited that it opened me up to the world of like flexibility training and just the fact that you can make a living off of doing that um in terms of mental health that's what saved me during the pandemic because before that um we had started the weekend warrior membership in the summer of 2019 and then uh, we became work studies. So we started actually being work studies for the studio as well. And then uh, the pandemic happened next year in March. So when I was home, like thankfully one of my friends, Anam, she had gave me a pole for my house. And Oh, that's my dream. Uh, it was great. That's my dream. It got me through like, it would be like one o'clock in the morning and I'm like tiptoeing in my house cause I was living at home at the time, mm -hmm. but like just getting that connection into self and just really allowing it pole allows you to curate whatever it is whatever relationship you want to have with it whether you want to hit it super hard and do all these hard moves and all this stuff or you want to be super slow and super sensual or you want to combine the two like yeah. it can really be whatever you want it to be and i feel like that allowed me to start rewriting the story of like okay dancer rebecca is not dead She's an adult now. What does she want to do? How does she want to move? Um, and yeah, it, it's just been a beautiful like experience. And then now becoming an instructor and like turning around and giving that gift back to people as well. And I loved how you mentioned like looking at yourself in the mirror while moving sensually uh, because society has told us not to move and embrace mm -hmm. movement in that way, unless you're like at a bashment party, you know? Yeah. Um, so, or like you're dancing for somebody else's entertainment. Exactly. And so that was very different for me. Like, Oh, this is me. This is mine. This is, yes. Like I can just like admire myself. I don't have to be like performing for anybody else. Yeah. You perform for you and you look yeah. that's something that I, and all my students will say, cause I'm screaming whenever it's time to freestyle. I'm like, look at yourself in the face. Look at yourself in the face. Don't look at your body. Look at yeah. yourself in the face. Yeah. In your eyes. Look at your look at your soul. Look mm. at the person that is being expressed through this movement. So super crucial. But it's it's a great time. And watching because I have so many students who came in and were all like, mm, like so like, you know, scared yeah. and, <laughs> oh, and I don't know. And, yeah. and by the end of class, they Red Eagle, and I'm like, come on, there we go. So, and this feeling, it just makes you feel, I feel like when you're allowed to, when you allow yourself, not allowed to, when you allow yourself that range of experience, um, of personality, of curation, of creativity, it, it adds to my everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I... 
one day I'm gonna be up there. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna take a workshop. Yeah, for be. a sultry sesh set. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. It's it's really changed a lot for me, and like just being in my body and, um, just my overall relationship with self. Yeah, just. It, it like it was that connection. I won't say it like healed it automatically, but it established no. a connection of like, okay, here is another way to heal. Here's another way to like slowly yes. start to like embrace, like re-embrace yourself. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a little bit, not a little bit, but I want to get into what you're doing now and what you're doing to kind of reconnect people back to their body and the type of like work that you that you do. Yes. So. I'm grateful to always be open to the divine guidance of what my work will continue to turn into. Because when I first started, I got into stretch therapy because I had mourned the death of me realizing that the medical system is a trap and I can't join it. So I had mourned that. And then when I found fascial stretch therapy, which is one of the forms of um, body work that I do, it opened me up. So I was strictly stretching. But now it has morphed into mindset coaching specifically for women, um, helping them get out of pain, get into their body through the form of if you're seeing me in person for body work or if you're an online uh, Trust Your Body member making personalized program, but also bringing women through mindset programs as well. Because what I've found in working with people in their bodies over the last five years is things that we think are a body issue are actually a mindset issue. It's based on the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves, about our body. Because there's so many people who I've met who are like, oh, my stupid leg, or I hate my arm, or this and that. And like, your body's like, oh, you hate me? Oh, you hate me? Yeah. I'm going to act like I hate you too. Boom. And there you go. So helping people to rewrite those stories about how they feel about themselves, helping them cultivate a mindset for self-care. And then in a sense, when you feel empowered to take care of yourself, you can then show up in your other relationships more authentically, more fully in yourself, uh, better able to express your thoughts, your emotions, your expectations, of others uh so yeah it, it, i'm just really like winging it and having fun and it just keeps working so <laughs> we're just yeah. going with that oh i love that i think one thing that um definitely i think drew me of course i was like referred to your page but i think that for myself i was kind of going through a similar thing in life where I was just like very angry and I think I've talked about it on the pod mm -hmm. a couple of times but very angry at my womb and very angry at all the stuff that was happening that has been happening when it comes to like um, having endometriosis and like mm -hmm. having lung issues from the endometriosis all this other stuff so there was this point where I was just like very frustrated yeah and so there's a point where like you get stuck in the frustration and the anger at your body and that's just where you live like yeah. at that point you just live in that and then it's like nothing seems to help <laughs> because like all you can focus on is this frustration yeah um so it's just i think that like conversations like this are super important just because we forget that we kind of have to we have to be nice to ourselves to our bodies to yeah and i think we i don't think we can start the healing journey until we kind of like forgive whatever is not working for not working <laughs> whatever's not working in this moment or whatever may be broken or mm -hmm. not functioning right and um make sure that we are doing ourselves like doing our due diligence not to just explore like western medicine and what they say but also mm -hmm. like explore other ways that maybe other things is that might be causing the pain um mm -hmm. that you know a doctor can't necessarily identify yeah. that you kind of have to do your own help identifying or maybe you know connect with like somebody that facilitates healing mm -hmm. um and somebody that can help guide you through like understanding that connection yeah um because that's really huge and that's something that i don't think a lot of us a lot of us are in tune with 
or even encouraged to do. Yes, 100%. And even as you're speaking about that, it makes me think of this new, I would say this new realm of what my work is evolving into. And it relates back to the first person who I said that I wanted at the table, which is Eileen McCusick. And basically just the, the idea that our bodies are electric and a lot of the reason why we run into so many issues health-wise is because we look and deal with our bodies and the Western medicine is set up to deal with our bodies in, in a chemical and a mechanical way mm-hmm. as opposed to dealing with things electrically. So what does that mean, dealing with things electrically? For an energy circuit to run, there needs to be a certain level of energy running through the circuit, correct? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with our body. We need a certain level of energy, current, running through our body, running through our cells in order for them to function in the ideal way, in the optimal way that we want. And when they don't, we are operating at a lower voltage. So people say like raise your vibration, like, you know, higher, raise your vibes and all that. But that's actually a misconception because higher frequencies are actually erratic and we don't we can't actually deal with those things what it really is about oh. is raising your current raising your energy voltage to the optimum level because our bodies we are not only our bodies we are also emitting an electromagnetic field around our bodies that's why you're like yeah. you can feel when people are staring at you even if they're at a yep. distance is because their electromagnetic field is directed into yours and yours is now picking it up but it's not just in the realm of being able to sense people looking at you your electromagnetic field stores the experiences that you have had in your life So you brought up your history of endometriosis and subsequent lung issues. Those are traumas that you experience and you go through a mental, emotional, a spiritual, physical process through that. Going through that process, the frequency that you're emitting is going to change based on your mood and your emotions. Mm -hmm. And those frequencies get caught and can actually get stuck in the biofield that you emit around your body. So when we talk about energy and you have a traumatic experience such as like that, that pocket of energy can get stuck in a certain portion of your biofield. And your biofield extends around you by five feet around your body and three feet above and below your head, three to four feet, depending on people. So it's literally stuck energy pockets in Mm -hmm. these areas. But if you can detect them and you detect them through sound techniques like through tuning forks because you will literally hear a difference in sound from what the tuning fork emits based on energy pockets that you will find around someone's body it the it will sound super high pitched super Mm -hmm. low super flat it will sound different and the whole idea of biofield tuning is you find those energy pockets detect them and drag that lost energy in a sense back to your center into the appropriate chakra based on where it is in your biofield and allow it to recirculate throughout your body and recirculate that energy for your body to function more optimally. It was very long-winded, but... Wow, I've never heard of that. That is... Is this something that you that you are facilitating with, with people that you're working with? So I, in terms of have I done biofield tuning, I've been reading a lot about it. And I, I became a sound healer a couple of months ago. So I, I that opened me up to this whole world. Um, so I'm, I myself am a student and I'm learning more and more about it. I've done like a test, like test things around with yeah. like close clients of mine or friends. But you hear it and they yeah. feel it. They feel, and everyone will say, like, it feels like you took me on a journey through my life. Like, everyone says it. And we're not speaking. The whole time I'm really listening, I'm praying, I'm giving massive intention. Um, And you feel it. It, it, It's just, it's energy. And I feel like the more, if, if, if healthcare, mental health, standard health, women's health, all of that, if they focused on incorporating this electrical hypothesis, this electrical perspective, I wonder if, like we said in the beginning, would we need so many diagnoses? Would we need so many different types of treatment if we dealt with the body in the way that 
it is and how yeah. it operates. Yeah, I feel like there's, there's, of course, I have a whole podcast on mental health and I'm very into like physical health, mental health. Mm -hmm. And uh, anybody that listens knows that I'm, I lean more on the holistic side. I lean more on like, what else can I do other than what? you know, yeah. either other than, or in addition to what the doctor has told me to do. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like growing up, I've been like that. Um, that's kind of like how I was raised. Like, let's read more. The doctor said do this, but let's, let's explore something else. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that can be, can sound very foreign and intimidating to some people. Yes. Um, and, but I also think that like you're saying there. There has been so much that has been repressed in terms of other types of healing. Yes. There has been so much that has been like, um, you know, we've like thrown shame onto things because they're unfamiliar or they come in slightly a different uh, shape or, Can I you know, really quick? yeah, because of course. I feel like the, the thing with that is they'll shame it or they'll repress it because some of the things are too closely intertied of science and spirituality. Oh yeah. Western 100%. medicine, it's either all science or all spirituality. It can't be both. But like with what I'm talking about with like energy and the biofield tuning, that is the perfect culmination of science and spirituality because yeah. there are too many experiences where again we're not speaking, but I'm intensely praying in my mind of what I want the person to receive. Yeah. And then at the end of the session, how do you feel? And from what verbatim what they say, they received what I was thinking about. Yeah. So am I a witch? Or yeah. is it the perfect culmination of science and spirituality? Blood. And are we supposed to understand yeah. everything? Are we really? I don't mm. That's something I battle with, that uh, I ponder okay. often. Yeah. Because nice word change I... there. Nice word change <laughs> yeah. there. Words. <laughs> <laughs> something that I ponder often because I feel like a, a lot of times we are trying to like we are trying to figure things out because we feel like we should know everything or that yeah. we um, are entitled to the access of knowing everything yes. and I don't think that as humans mm -hmm. we are supposed to know everything I also feel like there's so much um, on the spiritual side mm -hmm. that we don't lean into. Yes. And a lot of the knowings live there, but yeah. we have been told that the knowings don't live there. They live in a lab. They live in a pill. They live. Yeah. And I'm not for anybody that's taking medication. This is not your sign to stop taking yes, medication. This is that not is not what this is. This is not your <laughs> sign. This is not your sign. <laughs> this is not your sign. Please do what the doctor has told you to do. And explore. Consider yeah. it if you are not utilizing that as one of the tools in your toolbox towards healing yourself because yeah. you need that piece too. And it doesn't need to be in the form. Cause I feel like the hard piece about it and you know, with our people, black people, um, depending on where you're from, how you were raised, we have an inner conflict with the idea of religion because yeah, we, I mean, how were we given Christianity? Like how Ooh, did girl, that's another episode. <laughs> and that's the thing. Too. Yeah. How did it come to us? But then you talk to some, if you go to like some, like, like I, I don't want to like pinpoint anything specifically, but like some black people who are seriously religious are some yeah. of the most like hypocritical, most yeah. condescending. They got the most opinions, the most attitude. And it's like, is that of God? Is that of God? Isn't God love? Isn't God accepting? Isn't like love yeah. all people, love yourself? So yeah. it, it's it's a hard time for us, I feel like, to even navigate and go out on that spiritual journey to curate what does the relationship between me and the divine, what does that look like where it works yeah. for both of us? Not yeah. because I need to go to church every Sunday and I need to do this and I need to do that. And if that's what you do and if that's what you're devoted to and that's what makes you feel closer to your yeah. spiritual practice, then do it. That. Like, but yeah. that don't work for me. It never has. I grew up Jewish and Christian, so they both interacting with each other. It don't make no sense. And, you know, it was yeah. great giving, getting Hanukkah and Christmas right after. That was a banger. But outside <laughs> of that, like, yeah. 
you know what does it look like and i feel like that's been probably one of the biggest transformational pieces for me as well as the people who go through the trust your body process because that is a piece that is integrated what does your spiritual practice look like okay you don't have one how are we going to start building that up and it just becomes that that self-sufficiency is always there because once you have a spiritual practice you believe in the notion like the divine is within me and around me at all times. It's any I can call on at any moment, no matter what, no matter what I'm having, no matter yeah. what I'm experiencing. That's like your right hand man, your right hand yeah. woman, whatever you want to like classify the divine as. Yeah, so, super important. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree, and I think that some people need the the rigidity of religion, and mm-hmm. they are safe within that, and I think yeah. that's great. Mm-hmm. I am not a person that feels. Like I grew up Catholic, okay, but I went home to like very Jamaican, okay, uh, grandmother and mom that were like, "Where's the crystals? Pull the cards!" Mm-hmm. Like very different. So my view has always been like, okay, I, I've always looked at Christianity, Catholicism. I there is like, I I stopped identifying with Catholicism like in fourth grade, mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. I was like, why can't girls do this too mm-hmm. this don't make sense because god told me y'all didn't this is not connecting exactly so i think for me i was always encouraged to make that link nice. um but i think now connecting it to like movement and mm-hmm. it's been a, like a really cool journey even just conversations like this seeing how spirituality and the body like how it is all connected mm-hmm. um and it's just, it's a, it's a fun exploration for me. Like I look at it as like a fun part of this journey that I'm on. Um, and I, I highly encourage, like, if you are on this healing journey, which you listen to this podcast, so you probably are, mm-hmm. um, there is an abundance of other healing modalities and solutions out there. Yes. Um, so I want to just end that by saying like, Rebecca, for those that might be listening and they're like, okay, I'm ready to kind of like get some help on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what kind of services are you providing and how can they get in contact with you? Cause I would love for people to that, that want to connect, to be able to connect with you. Yeah. So if you're on your healing journey and I'm usually the person you come to see when you've tried every modality and it doesn't work, that's usually when people come to see me. So if that's in the realm of body pain, mental blocks, um, relationships uh i help people with specifically those issues so you can find me a couple of different ways you can find me through instagram my instagram is bends with rebecca and that's rebecca with two c's and one b because it's the original way thank you Um, (laughs) you can find me there at Ben with Rebecca you can also find me at trustyourbody.com where I have a breakdown of all the services I offer from body work to one-on-one coaching to sound healing to mindset adjusting all of those things so those are the two main ways that you can find me and those are the services that I offer I love that make sure y'all get in contact with Rebecca Um, make sure y'all follow her on Instagram Uh, she she drops gems often. I was telling her before we started, I was like, I got, I got videos saved to my little, you know, workout inspo, life inspo collections. But, um, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, I don't think this will be the last conversation. You are welcome to come back, um, whenever you want. (laughs) Yes. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. And I, I love having these type of conversations, especially just to help our people because, yeah, we we need the information and we feel better when we see our own faces talking yes. these things. So it's, yes. it's an important conversation. Well, thank you for creating the space and inviting oh, me. And I would absolutely love to come back and talk to you about the 8,000 different topics that we brought up today. Just <laughs> <laughs> set up a whole calendar. I know. Morning. <laughs> I know. For real, though. No, but I... I 100% you're always welcome back I know we had other stuff that we definitely wanted to talk about so yeah. we can we'll figure that out this won't be the last time y'all hear from Rebecca for <laughs> sure um, thank you to everybody that's listening um, thank you for sticking around with me this this uh, we'll see when I drop this now I won't say summer because um, w- thank you all for just sticking around with me because I know I was doing weekly episodes and I was doing bi-weekly there's been a little change in like the day I drop 
just know life is still lifing and I am trying to manage my way through that. And I appreciate y'all for still sticking around. I appreciate the messages I've received from people that have been inspired by the people that have come on as guests and the topics that we've been doing. Um, please know that if you are a black woman, then you want to come on and share your story, um, your own journey with your mental health. Please reach out to me, email me, slide into my DMS. Um, and if you are a black woman, that's a mental health professional, or you're like Rebecca and you're what I call mental health adjacent, (laughs) you are doing things that are still helping mental health, but maybe it's not in the clinical sense. Please hit me up. I love having these conversations and I'm always looking for more, uh, more, exciting guests to come on mm-hmm. um black girls have anxiety to at gmail.com uh the link is in this description uh thank you again thank you guys i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day night whatever it may be and i will catch you next time yes thank you so much see you guys next time bye Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety Too and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>